0: Welcome to Mint, a unique look into how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. I'm your host, Adam Levy, and let's kick off this episode by giving some love to our three NFT sponsors. They are Coinvise, Poop and Social Stack. First off, on Coinvise, you can create a personal or community owned social token on Ethereum. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties. NFT business models and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting coinvise.co today. Next up, we have po or short for Proof of Attendance Protocol, who enables a novel way of creating one's life diary. Leveraging NFT technology, pop facilitates an easy way to mint non-fungible tokens related to meaningful events. It's frequently used in crypto native communities, and now it's starting to create NFT collectors in the mainstream, too. Collect or launch your own po today by visiting poap.xyz. This episode welcomes Brett Shear, aka Blockchain Brett, a crypto OG and even more so a major music NFT advocate, having purchased tons on his own and helping a bunch of creators tap into the space. I'm super stoked to have him part of the season uh, because he brings a depth of knowledge and experience that a lot of collectors and investors builders and creators don't necessarily have specifically for his insight uh managing a fund working in crypto building products and now helping a lot of people get into the space from the music level and the creator level super stoked to have him on on this episode uh we talk about what it means to be a collector from his point of view the work he's doing at palm tree crew uh, how he kind of thinks about his investment thesis both both on the fun level and on the individual collector level his uh thesis for music nfts Uh, His tips for musicians and creators alike who want to tap into Web3, ways to get involved and how to kind of overcome that initial hurdle, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Brett, welcome to Mint, bro. How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm feeling great. It's good to have you on, bro. You're one of like the OGs when it comes to music NFTs. You make a lot of noise on a crypto Twitter, so super stoked to have you a part of the season. Let's just dive right into it, okay? Who the hell are you? Like, what should people know about you? What were you doing before crypto? Okay, and where are you now?
1: Yeah, I go by Blockchain Brett. Uh, My name is Brett Shear. I originally graduated from Fordham in New York and right out of school, uh, started working at ConsenSys, building Ethereum products. And that's actually when I started collecting NFTs um, around 2017 and I also, after consensus leaving in 2018, co-founded Fleek, which is a developer tool, a lot of like IPFS hosting and storage mm-hmm. and some more things since then. Um, and was just getting even more and more active in NFTs. Um, so NFT collector. Um, of art, of collectibles, now music, of course, um, and an investor now. Um, I've teamed up with with Palm Tree Crew and set up a fund, um, early stage creator economy focused fund. And yeah, that's pretty much been it. So founder, <laughs> founder collector, investor. That's that's who I am. <laughs> so
0: you're being super humble about your background. Okay. You're being very, very low-key to the point, which I love when guests do, but you actually like your OG from consensus, okay. Early on in consensus, you don't hear a lot of students leaving college, like graduating college and jumping straight to crypto, especially around 2017. What kind of made you do that switch? Like what was about it at the time that you're like shit, like I gotta get into crypto specifically ethereum work for like the Google of crypto per se um, walk me through that
1: yeah you know my I was actually I was studying accounting um, which uh, I didn't see like a super exciting after school path there um, and I had learned about ethereum pretty luckily from a random doormate while I was interning at an accounting firm in New York um, in, in early 2016, and uh, was like, wow, this is sometimes it sounds like something that this sounds incredible and something that I can, you know, really get behind, dive into. Yeah, get behind, yeah. and it could be yeah. a really exciting future. I was already building an app actually while I was in school, too, trying to get into like the software side of things. Um, so I had like an app going in the app store and trying to you know be innovative so as soon as i learned about Ethereum, i was like wow this is the coolest thing i ever heard and they were actually they're actually at consensus um so i was mm-hmm. like they were intern consensus that summer and i was like wow this is uh pretty cool um so i knew what consensus was right away actually pretty lucky and so i pretty much put everything on hold and just started reading like the theory in my paper um and even you know of course bitcoin and stuff too and just like diving really deep in it and immediately like put money into it just to feel the skin of the game um and started built actually like completely abandoned the app i was building and tried started trying to build something on ethereum um right away oh, so cool. yeah it was pretty much like immediate and then uh, i went to some meetups i actually went to meet up at consensus and like met joe lubin for the first time um and a couple of the other founders that we're building at, at consensus and i knew that it was the coolest thing you could possibly do and it was like just working towards getting in there
0: right away yeah such a such early conviction from from your end uh i think what a lot of people fail to do when they get into crypto is actually buy an asset they do a lot of research and they study and while that's super good i'm a big advocate of like the best way to learn is to buy and apply Right, which is very much what you did, like you bought, you went to these meetups, you tried to find work and here you are now, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely bought and then told everyone I knew to also buy, so that seems like <laughs> I seem like it's pretty smart now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it, all right, so uh, graduated college, entered ConsenSys, uh, you're also trying to build your own apps, you were doing product at Consensus.
1: Yeah, building okay. product, yeah.
0: Okay, what, what kind of products were you focused on?
1: I was building more financial focused products when I was at consensus. Um, It's kind of, it was definitely pre-DeFi, but um, there was, there was a couple of financial focused apps there. Um, Yeah. And doing like product management.
0: Got it. The only reason I ask is because doing DeFi stuff, it's like such the unsexy side of crypto. And now where you're at right now, like working at working with palm tree crew, doing this blockchain fund, buying music, NFTs, like investing in culture, investing in creators, and everything that like I'm trying to understand, where did that jump come into place? Like, how did you get into that? Yeah,
1: well, um, I was I just had a really good pulse on the space, uh, going to like every single conference, meeting all of the other people in the space, um, and just keeping a good track of all the products out there. I think just like product curiosity, you know, just like what's going on out there. What are all the what are all the apps like? Such a new space. Everyone's pushing in a hundred directions of different industries. Like what, what's kind of exists today, and keeping a pulse on that. And I came across like some early NFT apps, like CryptoKitties and SuperRare. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I really dove in on SuperRare, like early on, early days, and started collecting art. Um, and it was for fun. Like I actually didn't. I I understood NFTs already. Um, there was actually a project in Consensus called Ujo that was like really on the forefront, actually in the music space really on the forefront of like ERC 721. But before it was even called that, like what NFT is. Right. And like storing the file in IPFS. And so I understood the architecture. And um, when I saw it, I thought, thought it made a ton of sense for art and for other categories. So, you know, I, I was pretty lucky to have that understanding. And then um, the, started buying jpegs for a few hundred bucks <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> and it was like it was crazy like you know uh, it, it was it was pretty crazy I had to convince myself to like spend money but you know it was like yeah that was there that was kind of the beginning I mean those are those were are some pretty marquee pieces now especially in the crypto art space um Man. so
0: so actually behind you have a trevor Jones piece so I'm like re- realizing that
1: yeah, that's a tra- yeah. I got that one. That was lucky. That is a physical of Trevor Jones. Um, I got some other physicals in here. I got some coldies. I got a Mika Johnson physical right over here. I got a Josie on that wall. Nice. Can I see the nice. see the one dollar bills on the side of
0: it? <laughs> Wait, I gotta I gotta make it a full screen.
1: Where is it? Yeah, it's like it's, it's like on but... the side. It's facing. Oh, that oh way, I see it. That Okay, way. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I see. It. It's a got it's it. a one on one original Josie. Um, yeah, I got some I, I got some bunch of. Of art, um, some physical ones like, that's come along the way, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want to pivot and talk to you, like, why I brought you here today and why I wanted to have you on the season to talk about the intersection of music and NFTs. Uh, I've done a few pieces already over the last, like, year. Uh, I think the first one I did was with Cooper Turley and Justin Blau. We were talking about, like, music and F- NFTs, and it's just, like, it's spiraled like from there, like crazy, right? We, we've seen a lot of, like, the art side of NFTs kind of explode. Now we're seeing a lot of independent artists and music NFTs hit the market. Uh, one specifically that comes to mind that was also on the show was Daniel Allen, his iconic uh, mirror campaign for crowdfunding overstimulated and overstim token, which you were a super advocate and vocal about. Uh, and also having Latasha on from our Zora, the community lead there. And I want to talk to you more about like, what the hell is happening in music NFTs from your point of view, like the revolution is here, it's now why are you so excited about
1: it yeah I mean it's it happened really naturally um you know I work my partner in my phone um is Kygo and uh and my it's also and his manager manager Miles and um you know so I've in the miles also is my brother I've watched the whole career play out over a decade um, and before that I used to make music and um, you know was just have a love for it uh, and DJ and stuff in high school and, and I think uh, <clears throat> I didn't ever really exp- like didn't really ever maybe see it coming but um, as the nFT space really blew up one of the things that I helped out with was Chicago's uh, NFT drop and it was on nifty gateway and it was i mean it's really beautiful stuff but i think like what i realized is that all these amazing musicians that are talented um for their purpose of their content which is making music were kind of confined into art marketplaces um and that like they had to find a visual artist in order to to make an nft to collaborate with in order and it's just it felt like you know, where's the music appreciation and category? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was earlier, that was really early this year. um, And that kind of just like sat with me weird. And um, as we were setting up the phone, I mean, I I had ample time to really like look around and see like, all right, what's like, where's kind of everything going? Um, And as an NFT collector and I came across some like music apps um, that are like, like, you know, catalog that was focused on music for the purpose of it being music. Um, And it's just like, it's not about the art, like a visual art in any sense. Yeah, sure. Like a cover photo, like a single cover, album cover type thing. But it was like, you listen to it's the song file. Um, And I knew it was like pretty big because it took me a moment. I asked myself some of the same questions that I asked myself when I first started collecting crypto art in 2018. 18. And uh, so, you know, I think if if it took took me a little like a couple questions, mm-hmm. I mean, I it was pretty quick to get around it. But I mean, I realized that, you know, this is a new way to value music and like the file itself is like the art and the content. And now you get to you get to be able to own that um, yeah. or, or collect it. And and, uh, yeah, so I, I saw this as like a whole new area. And, and I think like, generally speaking, it's not even just music. I think there's all types of content. It makes sense to like move on chain, come and new types of apps to come. Think about what's the, what's existent in the music industry today with Spotify and social layers around TikTok and all the different consumption models and live music festivals and events. And, and uh, it's same thing goes for video, right. For articles, for streaming, for all these different types of content. So it started kind of getting the thinking going. It's like, all right, what is the creator economy? And a lot of it has to do with like, all the different forms of content, and how that's consumed and how communities build around these creators. Um, so I think music historically, like it was already starting to happen for music versus some of these other categories. And I think it makes sense because music is such a, a leading innovating category for technology forever. Um, like, you know, and and uh, in this case, it was already getting going. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and then I, and the other big aspect too, thinking forward is like, all right, this is pretty crazy because as far as the file types we've had, music is gonna be the real beginning of like kind of the creator economy sector because it's so consumed, right? As I was saying, it's like there's yeah. there could be so much consumption and engagement, and there's so much more upstream layers of distribution and creation and engagement and social integrations and all, all the different what's what's this going to look like is this going to change and create all sorts of new types of apps um and uh yeah so those yeah, two sense. major things of realizing music changing value in that what's what's gonna how is this gonna help build the future to create an economy around new types of you know consumption um was like really exciting
0: thoughts Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that people get when they see like the element of buying music, because we already had a wave of that when Apple introduced like the iTunes store and people were buying songs for 99 cents. But now it's like a whole different era of purchasing songs, using NFTs as the medium, as a tech to do so, to enable that. Why, for someone who doesn't understand, okay, what's the value of spending $400 on a song, on an NFT? For for a song specifically, okay, this is not talking about the artwork or like what we saw in the last few months. Like for specifically a song, because well, that because people are used to models where they pay twelve dollars per month and they get to stream everything that they want, right? Why buy music again?
1: Yeah, I, the I think the the main thing is that like we're, we're changing the way we value it. and We're valuing it directly to the artists. Um, the the song itself when it's created as NFTs, the artist putting it putting out the song and releasing it as the song directly and putting the piece of content on chain um so that's basically saying hey here's the song here's the file of the song and this is the original source file and like this is proof of ownership of that is this nft <clears throat> um and you know you, you couldn't do it before the same way with like art digital artists that um before NFTs, they couldn't really sell their digital art. They couldn't. They couldn't uh, essentially transfer ownership of it, put it on chain. Mm-hmm. And I think with with music, it's a similar concept. It's a dig- very digital medium. So now being able to take that file, associate it with a token ownership, with an NFT, um, and be able to you know have create relationships with collectors and and sell essentially sell that content, sell the music on chain. Um, is is a a huge breakthrough uh so you know i think it depends on your perception and how you look at it and like what you're and what maybe there's a lot of people that think differently about what you're sort of buying there Mm -hmm. um but you know i look at it very similar to like how you buy how you buy art and like that you're essentially collecting music um and yeah i mean it's it's definitely in the current state with like one of ones it's a it's not a pretty major like deep relationship connection, like high value connection. Um, but I think that'll continue to to evolve and and include much larger communities around the music.
0: Yeah, I wanna pull up uh, a, a piece from your mirror post, okay? From this blog post that you wrote, uh, specifically around point number one under the section, and I'll, I'll link this in the, in the show notes, but music NFTs are changing the way we value music, okay? So zooming in for a minute, I just want to read this really quick. The music slash song file is the NFT is now capturing the value of the song. The NFT where all the value of the song accrues, or excuse me, the NFTs where all the value of the song accrues with Web3, all music is free to listen to. Forget about the Spotify model of this song being worth what the royalties say they are. This is the artist creating music on their own terms and listeners valuing the song file directly, which is in, in like conceptually, it's a very new way of thinking about things. Right. It's uh, you're looking at it. I feel like from the point of view of like a fine collector, right? You appreciate the artist. You appreciate the work. You love the music. You love being able to go to a concert and being able to say, I own this or I co-own this mm-hmm. or I own a fraction of this. Right. There's something that's really beautiful behind it. And I've experienced that. Like when I when I participated in the da- Daniel Allen crowdfund on, on Mirror, okay, I then went to a launch house party. That uh, that he was performing at, and I was like, "Shit! Like I bought your NFT. Like how cool is that? Like let's artist collector relationship, artist fan relationship." And what like, I guess my question too is like, at one point will we start seeing like the mass the mass audiences start realizing the value of this? Is is it meant for the mass audiences even? You know what I mean? Like, because it's such a new way yeah. to understand things and to look at things specifically for a song that we're used to being free.
1: Yeah, I think it really is. I mean, I already see it with musicians are pretty quick to understand this. Like they're like, they're like, oh, amazing. Like I can create my content on my own terms and like Mm -hmm. put it out on my own terms and own it. um, Decide how to distribute it. It also gives them such creative freedom too um, around like what music they can put out and like when they put it out and how they put it out. And um, yeah, I think like musicians understand it. And then I think yeah, for sure, people buying into like buying music NFTs, that one has taken a bit more sort of explanation and education around it. Um, and it might be a little, like maybe that part's a bit slower. Uh, but I think that like, once you feel it, it's such a game changer. Like I remember buying my first music NFT and then like listening into it in the car and being like, I can't believe I own the song. It's the coolest thing ever. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and like, you know, those are my favorite songs now, <laughs> pretty, pretty yeah. much, so, yeah. um, and I continue to buy, like pretty much cultivate my own like listening via which music entities I buy and, and appreciate those the most. Um, and, I, and I think people, like, it's a, obviously on a pretty large scale because I'm, you know, all the one of ones I bought and it's been, it's definitely cost some some money, but I think uh, it'll be more mainstream as it gets to a bigger scale. And I think the, the step there is creating community around the music. So, you know, I've even talked about in that article as well. Like the the future of music NFTs is musician DAOs. And you've had Daniel Allen on. So I'm sure you, you talked about in his, in his episode, his DAO, the Daniel yeah. Allen overstem DAO, where it's a really, you know, innovative leap in this space. And I think a lot of Artists will continue to take that leap, and it'll become a major backbone of like the future of music and, and music NFTs. Is essentially musicians. The concept is is taking your music NFTs that you create, the essentially putting it into the treasury of a DAO. Um, and all and and in reality, could be even more types of content. It could be your music videos, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and. Kind of other things as well, things attached to that, like when you have the ownership of the song, like the NFT in the DAO, the sales from the from that NFT, right? Like you have each sales now, um, the potential engagement layers that might accrue value, those NFTs might accrue directly and into the treasury. So it's kind of like your content for the core reason why you're an, a creator, which is your your music, your music content and the kind of things around the music and even like kind of the, the value that, that cruises around that, that those NFTs all coming to like sort of one place. And as Dow, of course, you have the ability to either create NFTs or social tokens around that that essentially represent ownership and governance over that treasury, which is that content. Mm-hmm. So you create this, like this relationship, or this connection on a larger scale where, um, you know, someone can like feel like an owner and feel like a part of all of your content and all of your sort of future by being a token holder. Um, And I think that as more tools and apps that are come out, like that will be more visual. It'll be more realizable. And people that come in now are already feeling the power of that. Like you're saying you have some over tokens, right? With Daniel Allen, you watch him play, you felt something. Like why'd you feel something? Because you have a percentage of his content. You know, you have a percentage of of Daniel Allen's music, essentially, of, of all his NFTs. Um, and I know a lot of people when they say oh, you have a percentage of it, it's like, oh, what well, do you get? You get the world keys, get the other types of rights. This is a new world, right? Mm-hmm. Like things are being built very differently, and we have to kind of like, sure, you can try to draw analogies, but you know, we have to think about where this is going and how the value is being created going forward. And a lot of new apps and interfaces are being built directly on top of the music entities. And that those will be the future of how we listen to music, how we consume music, how those, how that music continues to accrue value. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think I think people will see it and will feel it once once they see it, once they get opportunities. They take very small steps, like buying a token. You, and, and yeah, and I mentioned the article as well, it's like, it's actually even better for their mass audience because when you put out music in this way, music can be completely free. So like music players can be built from music entities and all music entities can be surfaced and played for free. Like you don't need the Spotify model there anymore. Right. Um, yeah. where you're charging users because yeah, it's all, all like, so now pretty much anyone can listen to your music entities complete for free. And it becomes like this kind of funnel where like, do you want to join the community? you want to enter a deeper level and like feel a closer connection and you know actually have like sort of this ownership in the project um okay great but like you can buy these tokens and like enter or you can earn them you don't necessarily have to buy them you can earn them right there's gonna be a lot of earning opportunities so you can just be like someone that's willing that's loves it so much and wants to do things for that artist anyways and earn your way in um, yeah, for example,
0: like let's just talk about earning for a minute like Blondish is launching her own token ish, right? representative of her, of her brand, of her music, of her EDM culture, her, her lifestyle, etc. And I went through the process of claiming some of these tokens today. Uh, it's December 1st. Um, and I took quizzes on her. I I liked some things, you know, I, I shared something. I did this, I did that. And I got like a few hundred tokens, whatever that may be. Right. Um, and like. One thing that you brought up, so there's a couple points, okay? Because one thing that comes to mind is like when you sell your music as an NFT versus releasing it on Spotify only, do artists, when they approach this model and they come and ask you for advice, is there that misconception where if they publish it on the blockchain then they can't publish it on Spotify? Is there that misconception?
1: Yeah, that definitely happens. Like also... There, there's two the first thing is like the royalty that the artist like right. tries to understand They're like oh is it connected to the royalty my son, The royalties i'm always like no you're not um and then he's like can i publish and then they'll say like can i publish it on spotify and i'm like yeah you can put it anywhere you know <laughs> like the it's it's a, it's like pretty much like this the save as like meme you know download save as yeah. meme where it's like um oh like <clears throat> i could just right click your your uh, you know, crypto art piece, like you're, you're and, and I yeah. now I own it. It's like no, you don't. I could do like YouTube to MP3, you know, yeah, right. Like only, yeah. only the actual token holder is whether it's you know the one on one NFT or if it's like via the con the NFT living in a treasury and token holders on a more larger scale being a part of that. That's where the value. That's where the mm-hmm. song lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So yeah, it, it's like put it anywhere, um, but I do think that it'll make more and more sense, and like, in the, like that the uh, new types of apps that are going to be very native to music NFTs will make the most sense mm-hmm. for like the, for people to focus on, um, yeah. for for people artists that are putting out their songs NFTs to to focus on, and and that there'll be more ways to accrue value with around engagement consumption and like direct really de- direct um you know relationship type uh, experiences Mm -hmm. direct to to, the token holder or to, you know, listener, um, within those apps that like embraces this to the next level. Um, and then that will probably make, become more of a focal point.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that you told me behind the scenes prior to this interview, I think it was like a few weeks back is, when you were trying to, when you were basically explaining to me your thesis behind music NFTs and why you were so hyped about them beyond the direct fan to investor, fan to listener relationship, there was also like the business model for you that actually made a lot of sense where if I put up money, I bring part of this like creators or this artist career to life. At some point there will be some type of decentralized Spotify that's gonna come into the, into the place, right? Where I'll be able to basically license that music or upload that music and get direct type of a royalty distribution straight to my wallet. And all these splits and all these interactions, instead of it like being, I guess, like up brought by a traditional music label that acts as a bank. You're like one of those like many, many investors that helps bring that career to life with the intention of getting royalties with the intention or maybe not the, the direct intention. But, you know, you know what I mean to an extent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a really interesting topic because it's like, you know, I think we're in an interest. We're in like a. An interesting spot i would say where it's like music NFTs have started um but like the distribution layers and new types of apps for engagement, that are haven't been built out mm-hmm. they have not right um so music NFTs right now are looked at as like kind of collectibles um and like similar like how you might like, how you collect crypto art so like
0: yeah
1: they're sort of you know it's it's so the perception isn't necessarily that there is future, there's like kind of future value or, or, or engagement models, et cetera, that are going to accrue to it. Like, I'm clearly, like, you know, I'm thinking forward there. Like, it's not currently existent, right? Right. Um, so even in, from the artist sense, like, they're also might not be thinking about that. Um, but it's funny to see because music entities usually have a higher retained ownership percentage to the artist, right? What we call the royalty. Um, it's like on average 20% from one of ones. Right, versus in um in crypto art, mm-hmm. it's ten percent, industry standard, right? Yeah. So we're de- we're already sure. developing, we're already having, we're already seeing like a higher retained sort of ownership percentage or, or royalty, if you call it, um, in music NFTs. Like it's like feel it's like subconscious. It's almost like we're subconsciously realizing it's like oh, like the musician should retain more ownership over their, their, their music entities. Right. Um, and I think like it's hinting toward, and I've seen it up to 50% and I'm fine with that because I, I do see that future where, um, like the, the content itself, the music, the song itself as the NFT, that like, this is this sort of traceable ownership back to the file. And that as that music NFT is surfaced to, for more layers through distribution, through different types of curation, whether like you can imagine distribution is similar to Spotify. You can imagine curation similar to like Spotify playlists, right? Mm-hmm. Or like other types of um, industry music blogs, etc. And uh, you know higher levels of like social, where it's like similar like TikTok, where like the songs are integrated directly into the social media app, like the core the core component behind how to make videos. Um, so the future of like, how is the music NFT going to be, or how new apps are going to be built and integrating those and creating like experiences around that content for listeners to engage and start like kind of monetizing listeners directly to the music, directly to the artist. I think those music NFTs will accrue a lot of value, like potentially on-chain revenue, right? Um, call it the equivalent of like, Yield farming and DeFi, like sure. sort of engagement type farming, or like you know something of that of that nature, and these music NFTs, definitely future, they can accrue a lot of value, and I think it makes sense for it to accrue to the NFT. And I think what that will do is, as those things are built out, like the artists will move to retain significantly more ownership of those music NFTs. I think in the future it'll be very difficult to buy one of one music NFTs like mm-hmm. down the line and these sort of in this current state because of like where the space is at um these you know they, they might be more like they might be more like historical collectibles and pieces of art versus mm-hmm. where it's going to be in the future as mm-hmm. music NFTs are more integrated to listening experiences and consumption um that accrue value on chain yeah revenue, essentially, like directly. Right. Um, yeah. So I think as that plays out, it'll be it'll be really interesting. I mean, you know. It's going to kind of get you kind of like pay more like now or you kind of pay less and get more percent ownership of like the music NFT now um, because those things aren't there <clears throat> and like it makes sense because like the music entity like that releasing that song might not it's you know might not get that same level of engagement as if all the stuff is there and songs are being released in the future like it's going to have those opportunities to accrue value versus like the music entities now don't really have that. so they it makes sense for them to be more viewed as yeah. sort of like collectible so it makes sense to get more percent ownership and retain it so it really like you know works in both ways And we're kind of in this like middle ground spot i believe and um i'm happy we're happy I'm, I'm happy to be there because if that's the case and and these things and like you know this is the future which I believe it is, where like all of new apps and consumption, et cetera, is direct to music NFTs and it's built around the musicians' community um, and accruing value directly on-chain. Um, you know, these maybe these, maybe some of the earlier songs aren't going to be as integrated or performing super well there. Maybe they will, you know, but maybe, maybe they're not, because they were before those things were built, sort of. They it still can get integrated. This will be a part of those apps, etc but like you know it's kind of predated before they exist um yeah. so those are historical like it's a renaissance like th- those musicians were solid before everyone maybe they didn't understand exactly where it was going but like they participated they put themselves into the, they poured their content yeah. into it you know and and like the that sh- that's the beginning of renaissance and those deserve to be very very like very valuable um you know NFTs pieces of content
0: yeah yeah yeah, makes a makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Super exciting times, um, and kind of like where we're heading. I'm I'm personally excited to see like a new wave of creators and independent uh, musicians entering the space, messing around and tinkering with all these Web3 primitives, trying to create more ownership and redistribute value to their listeners and to their, their lovers prior or before. Like actually signing uh, 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 a record deal that could lock them in and, and strangle them as a person, right? And one thing, one thing that I talked to, and by the way, this is not to say that all record deals do that, right? It's just like a, mm-hmm. a common narrative that you hear from artists who actually approach the the record label path and then break free into independence. You know, like wow, I can breathe, just from whatever. Okay, no, no shame, no, no shit on all, all labels. But one thing I want to bring up really quick, when I had Latasha on. Uh, from Al our also like dope 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 uh black female rapper um yeah i have really a nice. lot of i have a lot of respect for her <laughs> uh and one, one thing that we talked about on our episode is i had this like hot take and i'd love to hear your, your point of view for it. it's like all these music labels they're going to transition into creative hedge funds um where more and more artists okay assuming this is the narrative more and more artists tokenize themselves through social tokens, through their albums, through their individual songs. And in order to kind of stick with it, these labels will actually have to start buying these assets, right, and have a treasury of all these assets. And they'll be supporting the artists, not through uh, like personal ownership, more through ownership of their work, per se, right? Um, And at some point down the line, like they'll have so many assets, their biggest value add might even be like community management. so. One of the biggest things that artists need is like community discord managers, right? To kind of manage the community, mm-hmm. onboard people, create ongoing content, keep people engaged, whatever. So between basically providing that money, buying assets on chain to having a team of community managers, like, this is what I kind of see happening down the line. Would you agree? Would you disagree? Do you have a different take? What yeah. Do you think?
1: yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like to en- entering the music NFT sort of space right now as musician, as independent artist, which, by the way, on the topic of, like, you know, this being such a powerful movement for independent artists, it absolutely is. Yeah. I feel like this is, like, the app, this is the, this is the, like, answer. It's, like, the tool, the tool that independent artists have been waiting for, um, to be able to own their own content and and kind of have the technology to, to choose what to create, when to create it, how to put it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it'll be awakening moments when, the person that has a bit more streams than Daniel Allen, so Daniel Allen has monetized better and has created a community and has a more engaged or like stronger sort of community foundation. Um, and I think it'll it'll slowly eat upward um, to you know to eventually where the point is is like it'll be seen as a really really promising alternative path for for independent yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people are paying attention. And then to your point, it's like, all right, like the main thing is like right now, the very valuable skills and sort of music NFTs is a lot of like the NFT skills. It's like understanding crypto, like how do you build community? You know, what is a DAO? Like, how do I move forward? How do I continue to innovate in the crypto space and the music NFT space? Um, what are the upcoming apps? What are the relationships I need? What do I need? What do I need my music NFTs to be listed? Where should they be seen? Um, you know, community tools, voting, like it's like, it's just, it's almost like being like a web three, like kind of crypto expert is like some of the more valuable skills for like musicians are now coming to like music NFT space. Um, so yeah, I mean, you've seen it where like some of their existing management or like deals like don't really understand it or can't add that much value to it. And it takes a serious focus. Like it's kind of a big decision to say, like, oh, I'm going to start putting out my music, is right. Like, um and it and it takes like it takes a bit of a leap. Um and you know, it takes some research and learning and, and getting involved uh with, with the community. So you're absolutely right. Like the skills become a lot one of the most major skills is community management. Like right away. um, hundred percent. Like you see Daniel yeah. management is discord community right um you know and that's that's definitely like a really like a really obvious way for for musicians to like start building communities to do stuff like that um so you know yeah it's tough to say i mean like definitely really cool paradigm shift where like there's opportunity for like a more decentralized ownership of the content and it's like kind of more transparent and open to everyone like listeners the the fans the artists the anyone that wants to the market or promote it or be a part yeah. of the community so like i think the the future of, of like labels interacting with music nfts will, will will have to yeah join through in the way that the music nfts are sort of structured and that the community is structured like they're going to have to like kind of fit into that um, you know we've seen it for some years now i mean it feels like a lot longer than that but like at pretty much everyone's like oh crypto is gonna adapt and eventually it's gonna become this and like we're gonna be able to use it in this industry and it's like it's pretty ground up and a lot of times people need to figure out how to get in and go with where the where it's going because it's changing things um so you know you kind of kind of have so yeah i agree there's gonna be some moments where the future of curators are going to be like maybe uh genre focused groups uh or major fans that come together across certain types of artists that are you know buying into these artist communities and having building teams around like, like web3 teams about crypto strategy and then like Beyond that, of course, like you can't forget about like distribution stuff. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's gonna, what is distribution gonna look like for music NFTs? Like, there's still a lot of stuff to learn, uh, like to, to kind of unfold. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. It'll, it'll happen probably pretty native, pretty natively to like crypto um, and then just become more and more friendly and understandable over time.
0: Yeah. You know, the thing that I just say is like, just get involved, dive in. What's the worst that can happen? Just fucking just get in. You know, just, like, mess around, throw shit at the fan. If you need money, like, like there's people who have grants, you know, that they, they'll send you your, your first ETH uh, for minting fees, you know. And there's communities that you can join, questions that you can ask. Like, you just have to be super yeah. active. One thing I loved about Daniel Allen is, like, so I first met him online. I then met him in person at that Launch House event. And then we met up for, like, Acai, whatever. We hung out. Then he came over. And, like, we did our things, like, helped him with, it, with his, like, community, blah, 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 blah. blah. I loved his proactiveness and his willingness to just try, you know, and just to get out there and he's like, I'm not, I'm not worried about like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like I'm an optimist. Like I I see a world where this can, where this could like turn into something really, really great. I'm just going to get right in. I don't care. I don't care if it costs me money. I don't care if it costs me time. I don't care if I look like the stupidest person in the room. I don't care. right?" I think that should go without saying to like all these new artists, all these new creators, all these musicians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that want to enter Web3. Um, and I guess like when people come to you, Brett, and they see you collecting, okay, and they see you spending money and supporting artists, as an investor, what like what do you look for, right? Like what do you look for in the NFTs that you buy uh, and, and the artists you artists support? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Well, first on the point of, you know, just jumping in, I agree completely. I mean, I think, you know, there's it's 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 actually it's almost advantageous for the next wave of artists. Like yeah. if you're coming up and you're just starting, you know, it's way it, you know, you are not really making like big money yet. You don't really necessarily have the big record label yet. Like you're not maybe not on tour yet, or like there's so there's all these these like things that like you're in a spot where like your community is just starting where you have like a very opportune know very opportune thing where you can you can just like take advantage of like going crypto native to start and like having music nfts as your source of putting out music and kind of embrace it from an earlier stage so it's like you know for some kind of like younger um like you know earlier stage uh independent musicians like it's like a really it's almost being you're almost in an advantageous spot compared to like the rest of artists you can you can just you're right you can just dive right in you can embrace it and like totally build with the future of this space to, from the beginning and you'll see that you'll see a ton of comparables to crypto. like the crypto art days were like those artists are the most successful crypto artists today yeah like by yeah. far like look at x copy look them up right look at um hackathon Coldy those are like some of the first three artists ever on, on super and were you know didn't have an instagram following by any mean or Maybe like they obviously had background in art and making art for a long time, but like that's where like the, the medium um, like gave them like they, they embraced the medium early yeah. as like sort of these upcoming, earlier, less known artists. And now an X copy sells for minimum two million dollars secondary, right? So it's like it's insane. It's been two and a half years. It's it's the craziest thing. It's unbelievable. Um, I don't think anyone saw it come in this fast. Crazy. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, so, you know, I think, like, to look at it as an, as a, as an advantage and opportunity for, for earlier stage artists, I would say there's also options for, like, some of the later stage artists that, you know, have labels, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it becomes a little more difficult because what happens is, is record labels control distribution of the songs. So, like, they say they have agreements with Spotify or whatever streaming platform that, like, says you can put the song there. They don't have that with music nft platforms yet obviously right um so what ends up happening is like your options become like basically your catalog that is not under the label right so and it's not ideal versus like so much is upcoming because you can put all of your next songs and everything you create like you have the opportunity to put that on chain and that's very promising for like the community collectors you're like you know embracing the the this area the space um but it's like all right like you can start dipping your toes and, and and working this and figuring it out and seeing like if this is a real opportunity um so you can do catalogs that aren't under the label right you can also another crazy thing is like creating project names like that creating a new project um mm-hmm. you know we I, I think we've all seen what universal music group just did with uh, with jim um jim mcneils from NFT 42, where like he created this board group, I think it's called Kinship, um, and it's like going to make music right? Like think about that using NFTs, avatars, et cetera, as like branding for like creating yeah. music groups so and new modes for those music groups, et cetera. Like but those are pretty cool crypto native ways to like embrace this thing and, and release music. Um, and so that's like a pretty cool option. Um, that you can get, kind of get moving, even if you're already kind of big and have label and, and, and feel it out. Um, so, you know, there's, there's always ways to uh, triage the opportunity. Um, and I think artists are are figuring it out, um, on that front. Um, as far as what I look for when I'm, when I'm collecting music NFTs, um, you know, I think there's a few, there's a few things, um, Course number one becomes is, is the love is a subjective love for the music. Sure. Uh, same way anyone collects art, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um so you know, when you're when if when you're buying when you're buying a piece of content you or you're buying a piece of art or music, like uh, the best thing you can do is love it because you know, then you don't expect anything from it. And you're just happy with owning it. And which is which is definitely the best way. To, to purchase because you, you, it's just the happiest sort of like relationship. You're like, all right, like I paid for this and I'm just happy to own this And it's yeah. like, great. I love yeah. it. I don't expect anything in return. If it goes up a ton and like people really, really want it. And wow, this is like pretty life changing money or something. Then you're like, OK, this, this could be worth selling and letting go into someone else's hands um but you know that's the best like perception to take going into collecting any nfts in general um and of course music nfts in this, in this space uh then the next major thing look i look for is like the dedication to the of, of the artist to this space as like a viable career like opportunity mm-hmm. um so like really embracing it and building in it For the future seeing like i think music is future i want to figure out which way it goes i'm going to continue to put all my stuff like ideally everything i do here not just music teas. i'm gonna put my music videos, videos out here i'm gonna like when i sell them on a couple of creative ways i want to create a DAO, you know like thinking towards the future and having like this like like how like how do we embrace the future of this is like you know i like to try i like to try to get a little bit like to see if i can see signs or get into the head or talk to you of the artists and, and, and get a feel for like, you know, maybe they're just posting on Twitter, talking about this stuff. Like that could be enough. Like I don't necessarily need to like, you know, yeah. um have a one-on-one conversation, but that's where it's like, those things um, can feel really real. If they feel really real. And it's like the artist is really, really genuine about it. Uh, then that's like, I think that is actually a standard. Like like that that's something that's like all right, like, that plus, of course they have to continue to put things out like the success of the artist like is keeping consistent brand in the space like you don't see x copy just didn't stop putting out work right like he's been he's been consistently like in the crypto art space he's been consistently releasing over the years um even though he started small became big he was one of the earliest and over time and eventually it's catching on and now he's still putting out work and like the brand has kept going right in this and i think and i think that that is just vital um yeah i think And the other thing on top of that, like, so I think those are just foundational things. Um, And then, you know, of course, taste comes into it. uh, But there's also a bit of like a respect factor for um, at the time you've entered and how big of a size you are, I would say. Like, for instance, like Verite's songs, who she has a couple hundred million streams or so on Spotify already, is releasing music NFTs. Like there's, I, like there's some respect there. It's similar to like kind of, um, you know, when, I don't know if everyone knows what Pac is, but he's a big crypto artist, right? Like he had a million followers on Twitter. He came into the, the crypto art space in like 2019, like pretty early. Mm-hmm. Like that mattered. Like that's like, it's like, it's like using your reputation, your stance and your current following, like taking a risk with it and embracing something that's very new. Like there is like a respect factor there
0: yeah.
1: um, that should just be taken into account um and and taking into sort of the value of the work um and yeah so that's something i definitely pay attention to as well um those are pretty pretty much some of the main fact i would say those are pretty much all the main factors
0: yeah you know uh back to the point of just like diving in and throwing shit at the fan i have a friend she's a very talented uh uh artist singer songwriter. uh super creative her name is queen george um and in back in april she basically launched like an NFT concert okay, online during COVID because she was like, fuck, like I miss performing. I genuinely miss performing. I can't perform. I'm going to do like this live concert where the only way to access the show is by purchasing the NFT as, as your ticket. And then when you purchase the ticket, you get a piece of my art symbolizing like the launch of my EP or my, the launch of my single. And then with that, you get to access a live stream of a performance that like she produced, which was like super, super cool but nobody really bought, right? Nobody bought the NFTs. But to me, it's just like, doesn't matter. Just like keep going at it. You know, she ended up like using Eventbrite because her audience didn't understand NFTs, they didn't understand the entire process. She sold tickets through Eventbrite, whatever. But the fact that she like, she put herself out there, you know, she's trying stuff. This was back in April, okay? So a while, a long, long time ago. And now she's like in these communities, she's trying to figure it out. She's jumping in from Discord, trying to, you know, she's like experimenting, you know? And I think with that mentality at some point she's gonna get her sale she's gonna she's gonna find her collector base she's gonna find her audience she's gonna mm-hmm. find her voice and who resonates with it most and this this will of trying right is is i think what kind of like breaks through the gloss kind of thing
1: yeah yeah um, it, it it it's it pays off to be genuinely early like if you actually care about it and you think this is this is cool and you want to be and you want to embrace this space just start i agree like just get into yeah. it. Like, like price she attended like NFT NYC but if you, too. If, you, if you're if you're okay. worried it's not going to sell and you really want it to sell, price it lower. I mean, look at look yeah. at Bored Yacht Club, Freedom Mint, CryptoPunks, Freedom Mint, right? Like, obviously, you know, as an artist and a, you know you want it, you value your own work and you want it to have you want it to hold value and that means a lot. So like, don't, don't put it any lower than you don't think less than you think it's worth. But also just taking consideration, it's like you're building community here. You're building a, like a sort almost the the kind of the, the transition or the connection between like Web2 fans, Web3 fans at this moment are not one-to-one. It's, yeah. you know, it's not even close to one-to-one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, you know, you, you kind of have to like sort of build in this space a bit and like kind of build community. So how, like, how do you do that? I mean, you know, So you can, you can kind of start somewhere, maybe like, give it like an easier opportunity for it to kind of get sold or just start selling and to, um, you know, so it's always tough because I never like to impede on the creative process or like how the creator, like the artist values their work. But I, I do some, I do like see success and love to see when like artists just come out and like, don't try to like put like a a crazy price tag on their stuff to start and just say like, you know, and, and create, small steps of success that like, yeah. are building and creating relationships. Cause like it's, it's a huge ripple effect. You get one person yeah. collector and yeah. that person, someone else sees that you have a collector. Now they want to also they, oh, there's already someone there. I like, that's already a basis. Who's the collector. They might look into that, right? Like now yeah. that's the thing. Like if it's yeah. someone trustworthy, someone that's collected other art, like other pieces, maybe they're already an NFT collector that like, just came in. Like, so there's like this kind of like ripple effect of like having small steps of success. Um that are like are worth embracing and getting started and yeah it's probably i see how it could, it could it's tough to like you know transition from maybe you're already like a bigger artist and like you value music really highly, but like yeah. you know you want to you're you're building in like kind of a new world you know you you can't you yeah. kinda not leave everything behind but kind of like you know like just you're almost starting a little fresh and 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 you have to kind of like you know I think we're we're building ground up right now. Like people are buying one on one NFTs. Like I was saying, like one on one music NFTs might not even be a thing for that long, right? Yeah. Like, it, like it'll always be a thing. It'll always be people will always put out music and as an NFT. But I'm saying, as far as you someone going and purchasing 8% of a music NFT, one on one music NFT might not might not always be a thing. Yeah. Um. So and because it's gonna build up, it's gonna go from like these these you know early on one on one collector type thing type collectors to additions to um, it's going to move to to Dow's social token holders. on like even yeah. larger scale. Yeah. Right. And then, and this, this funnel that we're seeing of building upward is actually going to create the, the pipeline of new people that are going to come the other way in. I'm coming in from one on ones and then maybe I'll, and then I get additions and then I'll end up holding social tokens. The next wave of people are going to, are going to come in, listen to the song, get a social token. Maybe get an addition. And then even maybe if they're crazy like, yeah. then they'll get a maybe get a piece of 101. So like, you know, we're we're building out a lot of the foundation for like the funnels of the next wave of um I guess fans, like music NFT and yeah. engagement.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing that I like to I like to advise people is the best way to kind of go by something and trying something new is by attaching it to something you already do. For example you already perform you have people show up at your performance the best way to growth hack a database of addresses is by issuing a pop a proof of attendance so the second they basically have this free nft of yours and then you can redirect them like at the live performance you hand out those like little qr codes you know everybody scans them they collect their pull and then on the stage you funnel them in. you're like everybody you connected all these poops join my discord like this is the url you have like a qr code that they can sc- uh, scan on stage to kind of get into this Discord. like There's different ways you can do it without necessarily like literally putting yourself out there and issuing a a mint of your one-of-one song or issuing a a token of yourself. Like there's different ways you can kind of position and initially grow like an on-chain community. I think PO-ops are really good way to do that. That's something that I do with the newsletter too. Like I was able to growth hack, growth hack, quote unquote, a few thousand subscribers to mint just by the news the newsletter using PO-ops as listener badges for the podcast. I don't have a token. I don't have like NFTs, but I have this way to kind of prove listenership. That's super fun. You, on the other hand, or these creators, artists, listening musicians, can basically bootstrap. Excuse me, bootstrap an initial community by issuing these types of free NFTs that are super fun, super elegant. Um. So yeah, just yeah. A, just like yeah. a, a side mean, tip.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely cool. Like anything is cool. Like low cost, you know, higher volume. Yeah. Entrance. NFTs is, is awesome. Like, pull-ups are awesome. You know, um, I would say that the core value, like, of, like, your NFTs that are going to kind of be back in your community is going to be based on the content that is true to you as a creator, right? Like, if you're a musician, like, your most valuable NFTs should be your music NFTs. Sure. Um, if you're oh, a visual sure. artist, your most valuable NFTs is your, your your art. I mean, and not anyone's contained, but, of course, there's musicians that are artists, et cetera. Um, and it's going to be the same thing for a bunch of stuff. You have a newsletter, you write articles. Like there'll be a day where one of one articles are worth something like mm-hmm. you, you'll go, articles will move on chain. You as a writer will be able to own your content as NFTs, you yeah. your articles, um, video creators, what we call YouTubers and TikTokers, and, you know, all of their video content, like that is the future of the, of that right? yeah. is. Yeah. right and and basically as you build community the most foundational thing you can do is build your community around your core content as nfts so that's the best foundation possible because like that's where the value of you really is and like and the strongest foundation for your community is of course the purpose of why you're a creator
0: yeah
1: um so i that's why you know if you're that's why it's so beautiful. that music these are happen because it's, it's a, a lane for musicians and that's opening up to, you know, a city. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. yeah and, and it's going to be the same for all different types of content for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, like when you of, buy, yeah. if you were to buy a social token of a Dow, uh, like a lot, this is another thing, right? A lot of artists, when they're, when they're entering in, they say, Oh, I'm worried about the price. I don't want to like disappoint my fan base by the price dropping, right? Um, well, think about it like this: if your all of your content is like the NFTs backing your community, everything you create, like how can you disappoint them when they buy a token? They're they're getting a part of a view of you, your content, the reason why i follow you. Like at least they have that, right? Like you're doing them like a service, or like at least not, or at least you know doing kind of right by them. You're doing right by them, by them saying, Hey, like when I bought when when I'm buying this token, it's like the same reason why when I buy a music NFT that I like that, I don't, I don't need to sell I'm not expecting to sell it. Like I'm not doing it for like um, any returns. I'm doing it because like I, I, I'm happy with it. Cause I'm at least at a minimum um, enjoying the song, appreciate the content, appreciate the price I paid for. It, and I think it's still worth that to me. Right. And like, Sure, in the future, like I was saying, like if it goes up a bunch and there's opportunity to sell it, like great. If, if if I if I you know want the money or need the money, like that, that's not that's an option. Um, but like, I when the con when the community is like backed by the content, then when people are buying and buying a social token, they're at least they're getting like a a percentage of like a representative ownership percentage of all of your NFTs, which is like your content, right, of your content, which like they should be happy. Like as someone who's like listening to your music for free now because of music NFTs, I'm listening to that music. I love it. I want to have a part of it, right? Like I, I'm, I'm I'm when I buy in, when I buy that token, I'm getting a percentage of your NFTs, of your content, yeah. of your core yeah. purpose of why I listen to you and why I like you. I should be happy already. I don't need to sell it. I don't need to make a profit off it. Like I, you should be happy. That that's the difference. A lot of people look at it and they're like, "Oh, imagine when you start buying your favorite artist, or you buy artists, and you can like, and you can sell it, um, and you can sell that piece, right?" Like it's like, well, like looking you know, at the, the wrong way around. Like imagine like you get to you love the artist, you get to connect with the artist, you get to like have a part of that, feel a part of that, own a piece of that. Sure, and then like if, if that that works out, it could pay off big time, like yeah. 100% could, but yeah, yeah, it's it comes the other way around. Yeah. yeah,
0: dude, I think that's a perfect place to end off. Uh, this was a great conversation, bro. Thank you so much for being on. If artists, collectors in general wanna find you, wanna find your work, everything that you're working on, a palm tree crew, investing there and personally collecting, where can they find you? Show yourself, go. Yo. Yep,
1: yeah. hit me up on Twitter. Blockchain Brett. My handle is actually web3brett. If, if you search Blockchain Brett, you'll find me. Um, and my DMs are open. I try to respond to everything or read everything at least. Um, and uh, so yeah, hit me there. Um, we're actively uh, I'm actively we're actively seeking and looking out at this space. Um, and, you know, we are doing things from our phone, we're investing in this space as well and being very strategic, and I get very hands on and help out. With the, these different projects and get and get really involved. So yeah, definitely let me know.
0: I can definitely echo that last point, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll we'll have you on again soon. Peace.
1: Thanks so much, Adam.